0: Hey everybody, welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like carrot top, buff, and a lot of props, and also a little annoying. Uh, um, Today on the show, I wanted to talk about money mindset. Oh, and hey, this is your host, C-Note, Christian Rivera. I wanted to talk about money mindset. Money mindset, particularly from the angle of growing up poor, uh, poor as someone who wants to develop a business, to be an entrepreneur, to create things to sell things uh and get over this kind of idea of like feeling like oh what makes you think you can sell something or that i have the audacity to sell something or to think that somebody will buy something that i make uh you know we kind of kind of approach it from a couple couple different angles um you know and um you know, these these Monday episodes are going to be closer to like reading articles or sharing video or audio content. Um, I want to kind of share existing content and kind of like supplement that content with me talking about it a bit. So I read an article about and read and talk about an article about the fear of making money. Um, you know, fear of um, criticism, um, fear of not being altru- seen as altruistic enough um, sacrificing. And then I go through a Reddit thread where I show, uh, I talk about different signs that, you know, what is it, what's a dead giveaway that someone grew up poor. Um, so I think that stuff's really interesting and I hope you'll stick around and listen to it. I think I, I had a lot of fun doing this, so I'll, I'll try to think of topics like these where I can kind of go through, uh, um, factual things were written opinion uh pieces and kind of give my thoughts on them and um how they relate to me because this is all stuff that i'm growing up that i grew up with and i'm still growing up with um as a 32 year old still learning and growing and um i think we all realize that which is why we listen to podcasts so we're all continuing to try to to be better people um without further ado uh this is me talking about money mindset drums please <laughs> Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Aaron Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the show. Today I want to talk about money mindset. Um and what does it really mean? Uh money mindset, I really want to talk about it from the perspective of growing up poor because that's my experience. I don't really know what it's like to grow up with money. Um my parents had money eventually at some point, but it was often the result of like they would work hard and get some money somehow from some place. Um doing jobs or whatever, uh, taxes, something like that. But because they had kind of like a poor perception of, um, of, of money and how to use it, they would often like, you know, spend it as if it's going to (laughs) expire. So, you know, it was, it was tough. It, It was tough. At first it was, it was, um, I remember being young and just like, you know, every, every, I remember my friends telling stories of like, they would be at the mall and they would ask for something and they'd get it. And I would never get what I wanted. (laughs) Um, It was, it was always a question of like, you know, we don't have the. It was always, we don't have the money Um, to the point where if I would get hurt or sick, uh, you know, you'd have to learn how to tough it out because there's, there would be a fear of spending money at the hospital. And that's something that stick with me has stuck with me um, until today. Um, So, just That's just kind of like an example of what I'm thinking that I want to talk about. I actually came across like a couple of uh, articles that kind of talk about this a little bit as well. Um, so I want to kind of like uh, look at some of these articles and then, well, actually it's just one article. And then there's a Reddit thread with some people's stories about um, a question that was posed of like, how do you know that someone grew up poor? What are What are the signs? And, um, some of them stick out to me. I wasn't particularly in an extreme case of being poor, but it was definitely a poor mindset. You know, there was always a fear of like, you know, whether or not my parents can pay the rent, whether or not my dad could find the clients to pay for stuff. And, um, you know, we would rarely buy anything extraneous. Like we had toys and stuff, but it was always like, we'd go to the flea market or the dollar store. Um, and get some pretty cheap things. So we'd really have to consider the, um, the value of what it is that we're buying. And if it's going to give us some longevity and long-term happiness or, you know, something that we can play with for a while. Um, and, and that's kind of translated a bit into my adult life because I, I rarely buy things for myself. I, and when I do it, um, it's kind of a spiral. It's part of my mania. It's something that I, I, I ended up spending way too much money um, but if it's always still on like more justifiable things like clothes, um, and, and like necessary clothes, not, not a, an exorbitant amount. I think I started to get into that a little bit when I was working at, uh, marketing agencies cause I was making decent money. But for the most part, I was always very concerned with my family, you know, being taken care of first. You know, if my wife at the time needed money, um, you know, she, like, I, I would I would give her money and I would help her out. If we had people over, um, and something that I kind of learned growing up as well is that we would always take care of other people, no matter what, because we wanted people to take care of us if we went to their house. Um, so, you know, if we had people over at, you know, at my ex-wife's house when we were together, and when we had people over um, I noticed an interesting dynamic where, um, where she didn't really grow up poor. Um, and I did. So she would make food and buy a lot of food <laughs> and kind of an unnecessary amount of food. Um, and, and, you know, like, and I'm, it sounds like I'm talking trash, but it's just like a comparison where, you know, she would spend $30 on a roast or something and it would pay, it would, it would feed a lot of people. That's, fair but i also never thought it was like worth that much money to or or more we would spend like two or three hundred dollars for a party on a saturday and she would use all of uh, everything that she bought <laughs> uh, and uh it, it just was total a total waste to me um I, I thought it was great that we were able to help uh, you know take care of people and host people but it was always something that was that seemed exorbitant to me. And I had a hard time with it. Um, and I would also make sure that other people were fed that our guests were fed before I got food. I was always the last one to get food. And strangely enough, like she kind of would get insulted by that, but that's for different reasons. That's, that's another, that's another podcast. Uh, so something that I struggle with to this day is not wasting food. If we make a lot of food, uh, I don't want anything to get thrown away. I will either save it and eat it later or eat it all. I don't like to throw away leftovers. I don't like to waste anything. And it's, it's kind of difficult because if I am really hungry and I make a lot of food, I'm going to eat it all. <laughs> so I need to be aware of how much that I make uh, to eat, uh, which is kind of an interesting kind of double standard there. But anyway, I'm going to read a little bit of this article, which is titled fear of making money because like another aspect and really like the reason I've started going down this rabbit hole is because I'm struggling with the notion of making money. I'm struggling with the idea of someone paying me for something, which is crazy. It's something that's happened before in my life, but I, I think it's really the amount of money. Really. I'm okay with someone paying me what I've been paid for before. But even up until that point, it was always like a moment in time where I was like, I, I had the suggestion or somebody said, like, ask for this amount. And I did. And it worked out. And I was like, oh, I could ask for that. And that's weird. And and I'm kind of in this place where I want to kind of ask for more. I want to ask for what I feel my value is. And I have a hard time feeling like other people can either afford it or find value in it um, or, or just want it. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of my money mindset in feeling like if I grew up this way, other people must think this too, which is wrong. Um, mixed with just like the idea of uh, uh, growing up poor and, and not really thinking that I would pay for that. So why would other people pay for that? So that that's, that's tricky. Um, more specifically, I'm trying to come up with some ideas for my creative services, which is like multimedia design, video, audio, graphic design, um, writing, and social media marketing. But then I'm also thinking of doing like a podcast sort of um, uh, tutorial or series, uh, basically like a paid coaching for podcasting. Not really a coaching, but it would be like a series of videos, like a full, like a complete start to finish tutorial on how to think about a podcast, get started on a podcast, um, name your podcast, uh, marketing, SEO, design, what to talk about, how to get clients, or how to get guests rather, how to get sponsors, uh, and all of those things. And I'm having a hard time, like I feel like I know what I want to charge, but I have a hard time believing that people will pay for that. And I think it's my own mental roadblock of stopping myself from believing that I'm a worth that much from a self esteem standpoint and B that someone is willing to pay for that. Even if somebody has money, uh, my perception of value prevents me from feeling like, no, I'll just figure it out myself because most of the time I don't pay for courses. I figure stuff out myself. (laughs) So, you know, I have to kind of, part of it is also getting out of my own head and assuming that what I think is what other people think. And that's just not true either. Simply not true at all. So, um, yeah, now I'm going to finally, oh, my dad called me. I'll have to call him back. I'd like to get him on the podcast at some point. He's a little crazy. (laughs) Uh, yes. I'm going to read a little bit of this article. It's a fear of making money. And, um, I'm kind of skip the intro, but it kind of breaks it down into a couple of different, uh, categories. One, the first one being, I'll just do it myself. The fear of greed Fear of criticism, altruism and sacrifice, and then change your perspective about money. So I'll just kind of read these real quick because it's fairly short. So this, I'll just do it myself section. In your teens and early 20s, you are filled with hope and determination. You have enough courage to start your own business and start making money doing your own thing. Maybe you tried to get a job but couldn't and were like, fuck it. I'll just do it myself. Maybe you made an amazing product or had a brilliant idea nobody ever thought of before. Maybe you created something people admired and loved. You knew you had to change to you knew you had to charge money for whatever it was, but you secretly hated the part, that part of the business. You loved the creation. You loved the work. I can't tell you how many times I've heard really talented artists say, I can't believe I get paid to do this shit as if their talents are somehow worthless and clients and customers are fools for paying them. How much more self deprecating can you get? Which is true. Uh, you know, a lot of artists have self-esteem issues. You know, we, we, look for inspiration all the time. I know that I have a hard time even looking for inspiration because it, it can kind of make me feel like, uh, I'm not that good. Um, which is a mistake. You really shouldn't look to other people to compare yourself, but, um, it's hard. You know, these are instinctual things. You, it, it's hard to, it's long-term teaching, um, to, to, uh, train yourself to think a little bit differently. Um, and, uh, and whatnot. Actually, there, you know, I'm going to read this intro too, because it's really good. So um, here's the intro as a, a while back, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Danielle Harper. We were discussing a lot of things that affect us as entrepreneurs. One of those was money. Danielle was describing a criticism she received, but defended herself by saying, and I didn't even make any money on it. I stopped at her right there because she made me realize something. She defended herself by reminding me that she didn't make money. Why? So why did she resort to the, but I didn't make money defense? I, I noticed this with a lot of people I surround myself with, uh, uh, not, not me, the person, the article grown adults who grew up on punk rock that never quite fit into the system. The whole DIY movement is sort of a fuck you to capitalism and corporate greed. There's a certain badge of honor doing things yourself and trying to quote unquote, stick it to the man, which is another now it's me talking, um, which is another uh, uh, important aspect, at least for me in particular, I, I've always had punk rock mentality, um, stick it to the man sort of thing. I'm gonna do what I want. Don't tell me what to do <laughs> sort of vibe. I don't know if you got that. If you're, a, this is not your first time listening to this. Uh, that's kind of my thing. Take a drink of water. Ah, so it, it's it's hard. You know, sometimes you feel like making too much money is going against that core value of fuck off the capitalism and money, but we need money to survive and thrive and enjoy things. Right? So it's hard. It's a mindset shift. Uh, next section, fear of greed. The thing is, we seem to have this underlying fear of making money because what does money lead to? Does it lead to becoming that big, fat, greedy bastard we imagined we were when we were younger Are we afraid of becoming the man? We don't want to be seen as by our peers as motivated by money. Being motivated by money is the ultimate evil, right? Well, that's what we tell ourselves. Ever since I started Weapons of Mass Creation Fest, uh, which is the fest that this writer created, there have been many conversations about money. I heard from people who thought we were rolling in dough with our $35 ticket price. I'll be the first to admit I was quick to defend myself with how broke we were and how much we sacrificed. Hey, look, we were doing this for the love of the music and art. That was the truth. We did love it. We just needed enough money to cover our costs. And guess what we got? Just enough money to cover our costs. Danielle said the same about her businesses. It can be scary imagining yourself earning money. Money is powerful. Having power can be scary because you've seen so many people abuse it. You're scared of what you might do with that money and power which is, it's interesting. That's it's, I love that. Uh, it, it's kind of, it's revealing. It's revealing for me to realize that we're just kind of trying to make enough to do what we want. And that's kind of part of the feeling I've been having lately that I feel like I'm just coasting. I've got enough money from one big client, two clients that, uh, I can just, I can keep going and I'm fine. I, I don't need to take on other work that I don't need right now. And, I think while I'm not completely wrong there, I don't want to just take any job. I'm also maybe not prospecting prospecting as much as I should or as much as I I feel like I can rather. And I think part of that is is feeling like I should thrive that a shooter should shouldn't thrive. Um and I think we all deserve to thrive. To some degree, I feel like if it's got to the point where it's exorbitant and there's nothing I could do with my money, I would find other ways to help people and use that money wisely. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what's keeping me at this place of of just kind of staying even, you know? And I'm going to read some more of this and maybe it'll help. Uh, the next section is fear of criticism. Why are we so afraid of making money? Is it because you could no longer be immune to criticism? You can't fail if you're not making money, right? There's an assumption if you're doing anything related to music and art that any hint of commercialism taints the true intention of the artist. An artist often does not want to be regarded as having compromised his artistic integrity to make a buck. Once you're making a buck, you have customers. Customers who feel that you are now working for them and that they are always right. You now open yourself up to critique and criticisms, and that can be hard to accept. This this makes a lot of sense. Also, uh, I actually had a recent comment that I was kind of going through a bout of mania, but I was talking to Molly about it. Where we were we were sitting in the living room. She just got done work, and I was my mind was stewing all day. <laughs> Sometimes I just get time to think to myself, and when I get the time to finally like talk about it, uh, which is kind of like an introvert thing, really it all comes out. It's like, this is what I've been thinking for the last 12 hours. (laughs) You're going to listen to it and enjoy it. And, um, it's not quite, it's not quite good. Um, but she's good at telling me if I'm like doing, if I'm like too much, (laughs) it's like, I've been working all day. Stop it. Um, and you know, I'll pull back a little bit, but I was kind of going into like a manic thing where I was talking about some people who are doing like, online courses and stuff and making money from it and talking about uh uh, doing these facebook lives and talking about um doing it to help people but you know my cynicism was on high alert when i heard this and i was like you're doing it to make money you're not really doing it to help people but truth is it's a little bit of both and like i think i think for artists for really anyone who's trying to make money, we have to kind of let go of that feeling of righteousness, that feeling of like, if you're genuinely helping people, which is a good sales strategy, and maybe that's where like the mix comes in, like the difficulty, the the convergence of like, you want to help people and you want to feel like you're genuinely helping someone, but you also need to realize that you're helping yourself. And some people are just are not really good at helping themselves. You know, some people are not great at 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 looking at themselves and getting some sense of self-worth out of what they do. You know, they don't do it. They they feel like they don't do it for themselves. They do it for people. And sometimes they end up sacrificing the bottom line, which is making money so that you can survive and thrive. Um, So, you know, it's really kind of like the middle ground there is, is yes, helping people is a sales tactic. And, um, it's really the only sales tactic, you know, uh, if you're genuinely helping someone, they're more than happy to pay you for what they need help with. And, um, if you're feeling this sense of like righteousness about that, then you're not going to ask for the right money that you deserve. And you're not going to feel good about helping people, which is not actually helping people. You're in it for the buck then. So it's like this weird catch 22. (laughs) It's really confusing. So, um, really you got to live in this world of of yes be willing to help people as a means of connecting with people and building relationships and and um and and converting sales that way but also make sure that you're getting paid what you're worth and when i talk to you about this stuff i'm really talking to myself honestly this is why i do this podcast because i'm i'm working through this myself i'm working through everything that i've talked about on these podcasts other than with, you know, the guests that I've spoken to are things that I'm working through. So I want to share that with you and let you know that this is, this is a real thing for me. Like I'm not going to talk about the struggles of being a rich person because I've never had that, you know, uh, I I don't know what that's like. That's weird. (laughs) Uh, but okay. This next section is exactly what I'm talking about. The altruism and sacrifice aspect of it. We all want to do good to change the world. We all feel that we were granted some special ability to affect the world in our unique way. We judge ourselves and each other by how much we sacrifice our own happiness to make others happy. Sacrifice is just another measuring stick to compare fellow humans with. Uh, uh, Are you better if you sacrifice more of a greater good of the team or humanity? Being selfish or altruistic is admired. It's sometimes like a competition to see who can struggle the hardest and earn the least you ever told someone a scary story of your hardship only to hear someone else one up you you think you've got it bad let me tell you and that's happened to me all the time where it's like if it makes it's usually in it's usually in the guise of like if it makes you feel any better you know my dad just died or something like that you know um and no it's not going to make me feel better to let me know that your life is worse (laughs) that's it's not cool uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's part of it too. It's like this race to the bottom to how much you can lay on, in, on the train tracks, you know, how much of your body can you fit on the train tracks and, <laughs> um, to, you know, share how good of a person you are, you know, which is really kind of messed up in its own way. So to review those few categories, it was, um, Uh, I'll just do it myself, fear of greed, fear of criticism, altruism, and sacrifice. And then um, I'll just read the last paragraph, which is change your perspective about money. Sometimes we're afraid of other people feeling insecure around us. If we happen to become successful, we're afraid it's going to make our closest friends jealous and insecure and even hate us until we change our perspective on money. We're going to treat it like a poison until we stop judging what others do with their money. We will forever be judged with what we do with ours. And um, this was off of uh, Jeff Finley's blog, F-I-N-L-E-Y. It's under personal growth category. It's called Fear of Making Money. I think it's jefffinley.com. Hold on. Let me just like open it up real quick. I think he's an artist, photographer, person. And I love his website. I got to like, I got to steal his website. (laughs) Um, it doesn't say what it's made from. It looks like a WordPress site. It's really simple. I love it. I'll have to contact this guy. Cause I want to steal his ideas. Uh, it is Jeff, Jeff slash fear dash of dash making dash money. So you can check that out yourself, but it's, you know, it's the same thing I just read. So pretty much read the whole thing. So let me, uh, the next thing I wanted to do here was pull up uh, a Reddit thread about, um, what was it called? What's a dead giveaway that someone has come from poverty and, you know, just kind of like a trigger warning because some of these made me cry a little bit, not really cry. I haven't cried in a long time, but, and which is something else I need to work through. And maybe I'll talk about it at some point. I have a lot of problems <laughs> and, um, uh, I'm sure they have problems. I don't really have problems. I got some problems. Money is really the problem I have right now, but, um issues is probably the other word for it not crazy but just a little i don't know i've gone through a lot of stuff i'm an intp with a mental illness introvert uh who grew up poor and uh wants to be an entrepreneur but has like everything going against me in that way and um you know i can't get too high i can't get too low it's uh, everything feels like it's like my life is like this this Measuring this tuning stick of like I need to find the the perfect needle and to, to go through the haystack or whatever. That's actually a terrible analogy, but you know what I mean? Like I, it's everything is like the target is really, really small, I feel. <laughs> so I mean, that's why I end up doing this podcast because it's the process. Um, I'm really sharing all of that with you guys, and I appreciate that you do. Um, and actually, real quick, before I move on, uh, I wanted to share. A, uh, my first customer review that I got on Apple podcasts, iTunes, Apple podcasts, whatever you want to call it. It's, um, uh, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Customer reviews. The review is by a long girl, not known real name there. Uh, It says, you're amazing. Five stars. You're helpful. You're an angel. I'm going through a breakup. My ex was emotionally abusive. You're so on point. I'm moving on because of you. Lots of exclamation points. So, I mean, that's heartwarming. My heart grew three sizes when I read that. So I really, really appreciate it. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or somewhere where you can rate the show and, you know, even if you feel like it's like three stars, four stars, you know, try not to leave two stars or lost. That'd be really weird. But (laughs) if you're feeling like, um, you know, you want to provide some feedback, um, positive, negative, honestly, anything will help. I will make adjustments. If you're being a hateful prick, I'll, I'll probably delete the review, but you know, if you're, if you leave some, some genuine, uh, feedback, then I'll let it, I'll let it go. So anyway, uh, to this Reddit thing, I'll probably wrap up in a few minutes, but I really just want to go through, uh, a couple of stories that people sort of shared. Um, and uh, a couple of these and, and how they kind of hit home for me. So this first, um, you know what's a dead giveaway that someone has come from poverty? This first comment uh, from a baku a e b o c o on reddit. My dad never ate what my mom and I did. he's he'd sit at the table with us, but he always had stomach trouble that didn't seem to clear up until he had finished our we had finished our meals. Then, if there was food left, he'd say, "Well, I guess I should try to eat something if there was anything left." He'd say that he just didn't feel like his stomach could handle anything. I didn't realize until I was an adult that he was waiting to be sure that my mom and I had enough to eat before feeding himself and that he went to bed hungry on more than one occasion. It didn't occur to me that what he was doing um, because his mother, younger sister, and younger brother confirmed that he'd done this since he was around 10. He went hungry as a kid to make sure that they did not Nowadays, even the simplest meal at his house looks like a Thanksgiving feast for an army. But he always fills his plate last and never takes a second helping until everyone else has finished. Uh, so that's same kind of vibe that I that I've had. I I, I do wait until like I I won't take seconds until you know everyone's like I'm good, I'm done. If somebody else wants seconds, they get dibs. Like I feel like I wait until I'm last, unless you're at my house. And then, you know, usually you'll have like competition for that. <laughs> you know, people will want to wait for sure. But if there, I wouldn't want to waste food for sure. If there was leftovers, I would eat it. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. This is from five fir trees, five F I R trees at on, uh, on reddit i grew up poor and i'm still poor and so did my so a few weeks ago my our car broke down um, right as we got somewhere to go out with friends it was painfully obvious who in the group grew up with money the kids with money were really not a lot about it they were like we are are you still they were like we are you still coming out to for drinking tonight the people who grew up poor jumped in to help did you try xyz hey i have a triple a card so you know i can help you with a tow i'll drive you home do you guys have food at the house or do you need to stop for the grocery store um because we knew that an unexpected expense that makes it so you might not be able to get to work or is devastating and that your priorities just change from having a night out to survive really quick and uh yeah that yes yes it is really interesting in social interactions to realize who grew up poor versus who grew up with like any kind of um, money or, you know, middle-class or, you know, a situation where they got whatever they wanted because I, I experienced this a lot on the West coast in Philly. A lot of us grew up pretty poor, pretty poor. Um, I, I experienced this a lot on the West coast where there was a lot of like complaining about trivial things. And I was, I, I was always like, I was like, I was always like that Louis CK joke. And it was hard to talk about Louis CK because of, like, all the penis stuff, but whatever he was, he's still funny. Um, and this joke was before then. So, or before the story came out anyway, doesn't matter, not relevant, but you know, the one airplane joke that he has where it's like, I'm in a chair in the sky and you're just like appreciating that. I feel like it's a lot easier for people who have grown up, grown up poor to appreciate more things like that and not just be like, Oh, the wifi doesn't work. Like, you know, It's, it's, I don't know. It's not a guarantee. I'm sure there are plenty of humble, rich people out there, but just saying the odds are not high. Um, next one is debt to pirate. (laughs) That's a good name. Being okay with inconvenience, waiting for the bus in the rain for 20 minutes, done that before sleeping on the floor on top of a blanket. No problem it straightens out the back (laughs) eating rice with beans better than just rice with soy sauce sitting next to a fat person on a plane. Holy shit. I'm flying. Yes. (laughs) And then somebody replied with my girlfriend sometimes accuses me of apathy over not getting pissed off by silly shit, but literally no inconvenience is so major that I have to ruin my minute over it. Um, by getting bent out of shape. Yeah, it's, it's true being quote unquote the next comment is uh, being poor is a constant parade of little irritations to the point where if you legitimately only have one or two things wrong at any given moment, you're stoked about it. it, it, It's true. Um, You know, I, for me, I've at least found myself not caring about as many little things like little inconveniences are not a big deal. Like you just don't have, you don't have a sense of entitlements because you were, you were just not entitled to things. (laughs) It was very different. Kind of feeling margarine containers as Tupperware, yep, <laughs> um let's say mommy a lie i've I've noticed this between my mom and dad. My mom grew up in a larger, lower middle class family, not poverty poor but seven kids poor when she pours a glass of milk, she never pours a full glass, only one-third to a half. My dad grew up pretty wealthy. When he gets a glass half uh, glass of milk, he always fills it. And then a comment below, it says, My stepdad does the same thing. Mom fills her glass halfway, then she fills mine all the way. Same for my sister. Then stepdad fills his to the brim, drinks half, refills, drinks it all during dinner, refills, drinks half, leaves it in the living room overnight for mom to clean in the morning. Mom hasn't been poor since I was 12, but old habits die hard. Another one is I grew up very poor and learned not to care, um, to not care what I ate so long as I eat. Now I'm retired, but made good money as an engineer still don't really care about what I eat as long as I eat McDonald's hamburger or steak either is fine. And I'm just as happy with either one. On the other hand though, I have, I have to watch myself as I tend to hoard canned food items. Spam, corn, green beans, canned fish, crackers, currently have close to 40 pounds of flour and 50 pounds of rice, along with 25 pounds of sugar, just in case those airtight screw top food storage containers are great. Still, while I understand that it's from a sense of security, food security as a kid, here I am at 61 years old and still have to watch how I act based on how, you know, those long ago worries. Uh, that's a good example of how that stuff sticks with you. Uh, I feel like every time I go to the store, I have to get like one or two soups or canned foods, even if it's not on the list. Because it's like one of those things that's like, as long as you have that, you've got something. (laughs) So we've got a giant bag of rice. Um, You know, even Molly was like, that's a ginormous bag of rice. I'm like, well, we're going to be good for a while. Can always eat rice. (laughs) and Put something with it or something. I don't know. Some rice with some sasson the Goya product. If you've never had that, that is how you get some really, really delicious rice. Um, And uh, I'll I'll try to do like one or two more. So this, this one speaks to the, the the money spending part of it. Um, Spend. I'm not going to read these anymore. Um, I'm not going to read the names anymore. My family grew up fairly poor. Parents weren't always between, were always between jobs and they're wasn't often food in the house. I do remember though, every so often my parents would receive a large amount of money for the, from the government, for whatever reason, two to $3,000. They'd go all out new clothes, shoes, DVDs, and so on. Our first ever game system was purchased during one of these sprees, the PlayStation two. We had one game, final fantasy 10. That what that came out of PlayStation two. Wow. Oh, Oh man. That was a long time ago. They'd dream money. Like it was an expiry date, almost like, if they left it in the account for too long, it would be taken away. All this spending, despite large debts and non-functional vehicles. My wife and I are now doing well. However, to this day, I still have issues with spending money. I don't often buy myself clothes, shoes, or anything that isn't what I consider a necessity. My wife has forced me to buy new shoes because mine have fallen apart. The fridge always has food in it. Gas always has gas is always in the tank after grocery shopping. I'll sometimes just stare at the food in the fridge to remind myself that I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. I have to do that too. You know, and just like take stock in that, like we've got food, you know, pretty happy with that. So that's good. You know? Um, And the the last one I'll read uh, is I'm a really clear indication would be crying quietly while reading these comments. I'm 45 and haven't been hungry in over 35 years. It never leaves you, which is, which is true. That's a big, 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 big emotional thing. Just, you know, it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard when you're trying to be someone that wants to thrive. You know, I want to thrive. I don't want to be exorbitantly rich. I don't want to be gaudy. I want a cool house but I like a cool functional house, you know, one like a big shop (laughs) and be able to make stuff and have like a music area and things like that. But, you know, in a sense that still minimizes lavishness. So I don't know. It's like this weird middle ground. Um, I think there will always be a part of me that in some ways I feel better for it. I feel that I have a better sense of value. Um, But sometimes that skews too far in the other direction where I don't feel like I can value myself as much because I don't feel like other people would value it. Like I would, I don't, I don't like if I charged a thousand dollars for the podcast course, like I don't know what, who in the right mind would pay for that. That's that's my thought, but I know there are people that would. So it's like, Hmm, do I just throw it out there and see what happens? Um, So I want to know your thoughts on that. Not only just the podcast course, if that's something that you would, you would spend money on, and that you would want to get involved in. And, you know, uh, let me, let me clarify. I'm going to grab my notes real quick. So what this really means, you know, the podcast course thing, it's a little dark in here. So, but the podcast course I'm thinking of has like, these are all the subjects I just kind of wrote down, you know, beginnings, naming, hardware, anchor, topics, schedule, guests, intro, outro sponsors, why goals, mission, scripted or unscripted marketing, design, automation, SEO, audience, starting out analysis, you know, would you, would you pay for a video series where I covered each topic and then just kind of walked you through it? Um, or would you want it to be something that you paid for the video series, but then you had access to me and you could talk to me about that stuff and I can help you through that brainstorming process and stuff. I genuinely want to know, is this something you would pay for and how much would you pay for it? It's something I want to offer. It's something I want to play with. And it's something that I want to throw out there as a means to have the audacity to ask for what I feel I'm worth and get over some of this money mindset hump that I'm dealing with. And I I would honestly, I would really, really love to hear your stories of something similar. If you grew up poor and struggled with this, you started asking for money and things started working out and, uh, or, or if you're on the other end and you're not quite over that hurdle yet, and what do you feel is holding you back? Uh, or what little habits do you have that kind of are indicators to other people that you're you're kind of living a poor mindset or that you had um, you know you grew up poor. So you know it's it's interesting to me, It's fascinating. and um, I think this was a good episode. I think it was a lot of fun. So, with that being said, I hope that you will send me a message or hit me up at Rival My Design um making so so i do have a facebook page now for dopamine just search dopamine i don't have a shortcut for it yet and an instagram account at dopamine podcast um what else uh i'm thinking about doing a blog and all that stuff but and i'm looking for sponsors so Um, right now it's going to be really cheap to start out so we can talk about that. I'm literally saying like 10 to $20 a spot, or if you have a product or service and you want to like do an exchange or something, totally cool with that too. I just want to like play with it, see who's willing to do it. I want to help people. Um, you know, the audience is like other podcasters and people who are business people trying to reach out to other people. So, um, and, and trying to always grow and develop and whatnot. So, uh, I think that's it. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to me ramble about money mindset stuff. And, um, in the future, if things start to move a little bit further, the needle starts moving, I'll give you guys an update, let you know how that's going. So let me know what you think about that podcast, um, uh, tutorial course idea and, um, to see how you feel about it. So peace. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend. I'm a fiend. Oh, you know, you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need I need is for you to put me on to the recipe, yeah. ooh, ooh, purple flowers, candy showers, candy, end yeah. You, ooh, dance for hours as I watch from overhead. It's on my team. You got me going off your dopamine. Yeah, it's on my team. You got me going off your dopamine.